0: hi thank you for joining me on holy spirit feed this is jen johnson i can't wait to share what holy spirit has been revealing i'm praying that your spiritual senses will be open to receiving what holy spirit has for you Hi there, welcome back to part two of Koinonia. So I'm going to just do a quick review. I'm going to read the definition of Koinonia. It's a Greek word. It refers to things like fellowship, joint participation, partnership, the share that you have in something, a gift that you contribute, a social contribution, sharing, intimacy, community, and communion. And our main passage for this is, out of Acts 2, 42-47, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I love how it says all believers. My husband recently ran into an old friend of ours from our previous church, and He was just asking, hey, you know, where are you guys going to church now? And the man said, oh, you know, we're looking, but we're not really looking. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you know what? I actually hear that quite a bit when I run into people that maybe I've known in the past and just hadn't seen them in a while, didn't know where they were going to church. And they're just like, yeah, we're looking, but not really looking. It also talks about here the Lord's Supper at home. I remember recently, um, I did a message at church and it was about communion and the idea that, you know, you can do that wherever you don't have to be at church and it doesn't have to be led by a certain religious leader. You know, this is for all believers and you can be creative with it, you know? And one of the teenagers was just really genuinely asking questions about it. They were like, well, so could we use something else? Do we have to use grape juice? It's like, could you use pickle juice? Like, are you serious. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but realistically, the Lord knows your heart. If you don't have a specific kind of grape juice or a specific type of unleavened bread, like, it's okay. Use what you have, bless it, and remember what he did for us on the cross. Remember that sacrifice. In the last episode, we talked about social media and how it sometimes can really just be a front or a facade, like a counterfeit to the true, real, authentic, koinonia-type relationships. In Hebrews, we read the verse, it says, And let us not neglect meeting together. We did an activation, and we asked the Holy Spirit, what are we personally devoted to? And I hope some of you were able to kind of go back and get with the Lord on that and get some revelation. You know, are we being selfish with our lives or are we investing in others? Are we taking time to notice others, to connect with everyone, not just our buddies, but the entire body of Christ? It shouldn't be intimidating to talk to or show interest in and care about someone else. You were made for it. Jesus did it all the time and you were made in his image. You might think, well, it might be awkward. Sure, maybe at first. But who cares about awkward? How much value are you going to give awkward? Is obeying awkward and not being awkward more important than reaching people with God's love? Giving them honor and making them feel valued? No, it's not. It's worth a little bit of awkward. Remember the woman at the well? It wasn't the norm for Jesus to be there. And she was usually all alone getting water by herself with no hope for that changing in the future he wasn't like oh I don't I shouldn't talk to her this might be awkward so I'm just gonna hang back with my buddies I'm gonna talk about sports I'm gonna talk about the games that are going on and the latest celebrity crush come on guys you know you talk about that stuff (laughs) I'm just kidding or ladies We might think, oh, I'm I'm not going to bother to ask that kid about school. I'm just going to hang back and talk to my busy friends about our busy schedules. Now, I'm not saying you can't have friends and yuck it up about whatever you like. Like, that's good. We need to know people like ourselves. We need to be like-minded and be able to share and live life together. That's great. But you know what? At what cost? If we're not reaching out to any other people outside of our direct circle, We need to consider the idea that there might be conversations, divine appointments that God has set up, but we're missing them because we aren't kingdom focused. We're not koinonia focused. And again, part of koinonia is hanging with those close friends who are also followers of Jesus. But it's also bringing in the people that are on the fringe that are also following the Lord and trying to be connected and trying to have a church family. So are we kingdom focused? Are we focusing on koinonia? You know, these questions are real lifestyle questions. I'm asking us to evaluate how we are living and make changes based on God's intention for us. This may not be easy, but we didn't sign up for easy when we became a Christian. We signed up for trials and tribulation, but take heart The word says, Jesus has overcome. Amen? So there were many instances in the Bible where Jesus was like, let's do this differently. The people need food. The disciples said, send them away. Jesus said, feed them yourself. And then he listened to the Father, thanked the Father, and fed 5,000. More accurately, the disciples did. They actually handed out the food. So who are you feeding? Your friend who is just like you and you feed every week? Well, that's a start, but not an end point. It's just the beginning. You know, feed other people with your time, your kind words, your interest, your encouragement, your mentorship. That's how koinonia builds and grows. And Jesus said in Matthew 16, on this rock, I will build my church. He's the rock. But we're all on the rock together building. Will you build with him? A few months ago, in one of our church services, one of our young men had asked for the mic and he just gave a very simple word. He just said, Jesus is building and we are building with him. Just simple. He felt like the Lord said to share that. Simple and important. So yes, he's building his church numbers-wise, multiplying, but he's also building up people, individuals, who are part of a whole. The different parts of the church, he's growing us to be one healthy body in relationship with him and people. There was something on TV recently, and it was about church people, and it was about building the church, and my husband said something like, Well, you can't build with a broken body. And he meant like, you know, if you're hurt or something. Well, you know, if that's true or has any truth to it, let's get fixed. Jesus is building. He's also fixing as he builds. His body was broken for us, for us to get healthy, get right thinking about our part in this so that we can build with him and with others. Is Jesus worth it? That's another question. Is he worth you reaching out and connecting to the other parts of his body? What's your answer, church? Is he worth it? That's not a question to be asking Holy Spirit. That's a question that we need to ask ourselves. Are we willing to respond? Are the people around you worth it? Come on, it's easy to walk past someone and ignore them until we actually think about it, and it becomes a no-brainer. Of course, Jesus is worth it. Of course, people are worth me stopping and being a spiritual brother, sister, father, mother to. If Jesus is building the church, we are here to participate, to get built up, and to build. We are all connected by Christ. This matters now and for eternity. So we're talking about reaching out to others and not just our friends. Sometimes we're like, oh, well, I don't really like their personality. We don't vibe. (laughs) You know what? Maybe they don't like their personality either. Like maybe they've been through some stuff and it's soured them. It stunted their growth and made them someone that they're not. I remember in high school, there was this new girl that had come to school And I don't know why I just had it in my head. I thought she was a flake. And I was like, I don't know about that girl. But I actually got to know her and I realized that she wasn't. And we became really good friends. I was wrong. So maybe you don't vibe with someone at your local church or your Bible study or something. You know what? I don't don't care if you don't vibe. (laughs) They need the body and they have a place in the body. So maybe... If they have more contact with Jesus through us, then they might become the them that God intended. And maybe you vibe with that person, that person that God had intended them to be. You know, you might not be peaches and cream, but but we're taking a chance on you that there's more Jesus in there somewhere, and we're going to give you the time of day to draw him out. They say Jesus is in you, but he wants to get out. Amen? It says in Ephesians 5 that we are the bride of Christ. We're his bride. If we don't take care of not only ourselves, but all the bride, each other, what kind of bride is that? As the husband, Jesus is coming back. His return is drawing near. You know, what if he comes back to find a raggly old pigpen wife? Y'all remember Pigpen from uh, Charlie Brown. (laughs) <laughs> he was like, oh, he's stinky and dirty. No, Jesus deserves a bride who has prepared and cared for herself. If we aren't caring for each other, we're missing something key in the kingdom. Doing koinonia is great, it's fulfilling, and it takes effort. This is a part of the price that we pay to walk in our calling and our purpose. I feel like sometimes we have like so many believers that are focused on the chaos and the issues of the world, maybe dramatic things on the news, when we don't even really know if that's true. Like how many can relate to that? I had a conversation with someone recently and they quoted Denzel Washington as saying something to the effect of, if you don't watch or read the news, you are uninformed. If you watch or read the news, you are misinformed. That's a good word. So sometimes we're focused on the world chaos and then we wonder why there is negativity, struggles, and an inability to live in joy and peace. Is it because we have elevated the issues above Jesus and the empowerment of the spirit? Like this is the difference between a church that is surviving or thriving. Koinonia, taking care of each other. Connecting as the bride of Christ. So, what is your outlook or your perspective on this concept? Are you going to be like, oh, it's hard. I can't do it. Sometimes the world just tells you to give up, do what's easy instead, isolate yourself, do church online. No, the Spirit will empower you to do the things of the Spirit if you believe it and don't give up. Koinonia is a part of this the Spirit empowering us. Counting on each other to help to lift us up when we need it and us lifting others up as well. You know, sometimes we fall for the chaos, the issues of the world, because we are split up. We're separated. We feel alone. The ex-church, as we read earlier, did a really good job of making koinonia a priority. And we could do the same. Sure, we have other stuff to do, but we can make the choice to prioritize Christ, his body, our fellow believers over other things. I ran across a statistic that said 47% of believers. So these are people who say that they are believers. That's half of the believers almost. They say that they're believers, but they aren't practicing their faith in any way attending church prayer bible like no evidence so basically they're they're like closet believers and i believe that what we're talking about today is key those people that say that they're believers but they're not practicing their faith they aren't valuing the body they're not valuing koinonia because this is where you get called out for not practicing your faith come on Hey, you haven't been to church lately. What's up? How's your time with God been? What has he been speaking to you lately? That's what happens when we meet up, when we're in Koinonia together. The body needs each other, each part doing its part. You know, you can't just say, Oh, you know, my legs and my feet are tired today. I think, I think I'll just walk on my hands for a bit. No. <laughs> Can anyone listening... Walk on your hands. I know you can't answer that, but you're thinking, you probably can't, maybe a few. But the reality is, our body wasn't intended to work that way, and neither was the body of Christ. We are here to not just get by day to day, but instead to have an impact on this culture and the people in it. I recently had watched this documentary. It was called Live to 100, Secrets to Blue Zones. Really good. So it talked about how there are areas in the world where people are living to be 100 years old or close. And they basically studied them and like, how are they doing this? So not surprisingly, like food, physical activity, that was a part of it. Like this was all fascinating stuff. But they discovered another common thread. In Okinawa, Japan, that's one of the world's longest living populations, many who live to 100. Or it was in the past when they were doing this study. But they have a thing called Moai. A Moai is a group of people you commit to financially, helping each other when needed. Like, let's say somebody goes to the hospital, then others would like pool money and help. And not just financially, but also emotionally commit to getting together regularly, to singing, to talking, to laughing, community, relationship, connection to people in a deep, committed way. Which means... I'm choosing to put you as a person who is a part of my Moai ahead of other things. Community gives you longevity, something to live for. Someone wants you there. Someone wants you around. There was another group in California of people who were living a long time, and they had something called the right tribe. Basically, it was the idea of, you know, finding the people and doing life with these people, and committing, and you live longer. This is for everyone, every believer, everyone listening. You get koinonia if you want it. Not just for a few believers, it's for all. And actually, as I wrap up, I'm going to encourage each and everyone listening to get with another believer or a few and receive communion together. You can do it in your home, you can do it at your workplace, wherever you want. But do it. Break bread together. This is symbolic of our commitment to Christ, to each other, receiving the body and the blood together as one. I hope that this has weight with those of you listening, and that it signifies a commitment of value for each other and the Lord. Until next time, my prayer is that you will partake in koinonia.